Welcome to your Photography Mentor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to help you achieve your photography dreams, whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned pro. Now here's your hosts, David Molnar and Rich Coleman. Welcome. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I am Josh Wood. I'm one of the mentors here with the Photo Mentorship, and I am co-hosting today with none other than our pro business mentor, Zach Gray. Zach, how are you doing today, buddy? I am doing incredible. Happy Valentine's to all the people that are in love out there or people that have kids or people that have friends that they love or whatever. So happy <laughs> Valentine's Day to everybody. That is how are you true. doing, Josh? Valentine's Day. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm doing great. Um, I mean, I'm doing okay. We had the Super Bowl last night. I'm in Ohio, and you know, as you guys know, the um, the Bengals didn't quite pull it off. So I'm doing okay. Could be doing better, but not bad. Not bad overall. I, I'd I literally say did eight, not know who won until you just mentioned it. So, oh, Ohio versus California. Yep, the Bengals uh, versus the Rams. So the the Bengals were up up until the very end, up sixteen to twenty. Then they lost uh, twenty to twenty three. It was a good game. Oh. Though. It was a good game. So that's that's exciting. It sounds exciting. It was. It was for sure. So everybody that's here for the podcast, today is our 70th episode. We've got some special stuff planned for you guys today. But before we dive into that, I want you guys to go ahead and share this podcast, share it to your pages, share it to your groups, let your friends know. Today, we're going to be talking about some amazing stuff. And for somebody that shares the live Yeah, what today, are we giving actually, away? Are we giving something away, Josh? We are. We're going to give away. We love to give stuff away. We're very generous here. We love you guys. We love to give stuff away. So in exchange for, for sharing this live, we want to we want to have one winner win a speed light today we're going to be giving away a godox uh speed light which one was it the um the godox tt6 6600 so yeah so one winner is going to be yes. getting a speed light today today that's awesome that's awesome it's kind of interesting that we're giving away the speed light because i think that ties into our our topic today zach i think that ties into what we're going to be discussing you want, you want to tell I me think about that so. yeah we're going to be talking about the three keys to simple location flash photography. And I am super excited to dive into this with you guys and talk about not just like, you know, theoretically and look at these pretty photos, but I'm literally going to walk you guys through a step-by-step, -step, three step process. It's really that simple to create amazing flash photography on location. And I'm gonna give you my formula. There's a formula to this. Now the creative side of it, that's something that you got to work on, you know, spend your time doing. But if you want to learn how to get the flash in the right spot, balance it with the ambient light and know what kind of flash to use, this is your day. I used to teach this at workshops um, for 750 bucks a person. And today I'm going to give it away to everybody for free. So this is going to be awesome. There's no <laughs> special thing at the end. We're not trying to get you to buy some flash course or anything. We're just like giving away great free content and... You may have noticed that little video in the beginning talking about TPM Pro. I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit too about how my flash photography helped me to book some really cool professional photography gigs and it can help you stand out as a professional photographer. And if you're interested in going pro, we can help you with that because we have the Photo Mentorship Pro, which is launching on February 22nd. And we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. But 
Anything else before we want to dive in that you got you want to talk about, Josh? Well, I just I think this is amazing. It's kind of coming full circle. I don't know if you remember this, Zach, but the first time I actually ever met you, the first time was in Uh-oh. Orange County, California. I flew out for a lighting workshop with you. Like I, I was, yeah, yeah. You, for, I don't think you've you. ever told me this. So yeah, I was, you know, you know, David, I grew up with David and he got into weddings and then he started, you know, I started shadowing him and learning weddings from him. And I got up and running, started booking my own business. Thanks to like his mentoring. And then hmm. I said, you know, David, what I really want to learn is lighting. Like it's, it's a scary, it's a scary subject. It's, it seems so unfamiliar. I didn't, I wasn't sure how it worked. How can you, how can you understand lighting and execute consistently and deliver a product to your customer that they're going to be excited about that you're going to be excited about. And David said, you need to go to Zach's lighting workshop. He's got one coming up in California, Orange County. And so I did, I, I, you know, I said, I told my wife, babe, I'm going, I'm just, I'm going to go, I'm going to go learn from Zach. And I flew out there and that was the first time I ever learned, learned lighting was from you. And I continued to use lighting for all my weddings for the next eight years. You know, I used, I used lighting that I learned from you. And so this is, this is exciting for me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, it just it just dawned on me because it's like you. I mean, we all meet we meet people throughout our whole lives, and it's like you know who you know you know what sticks and doesn't stick. I know it kind of that can that can vary, but it just dawned on me. I'm like, I don't know if Zach remembers that, but that was the first time. And so wow. for me, it's an honor. It's cool to be here on this podcast with you. Full circle, full circle, teaching the lighting that I learned from you. I mean, that must have been that was like back in 2008. I want to say some. It was it was a while ago. It was it was yeah, a long time somewhere ago. around there, eight, oh eight, maybe oh nine. Yeah, so this this wow. is exciting for me. This is the stuff you've you've been teaching. This you are you are good at this. This is actually what you were known for, was your lighting. And so this mm. is this is going to be fun to teach everybody here in the podcast uh, some of these core principles so they can get started well, I'm ex- too. I'm excited. Gwen just said lighting is very scary to me. Other people are practicing it, and I get that. Like lighting can feel super intimidating, and I know when I very first saw like someone lighting photos on location it sort of blew my mind and also terrified me a little bit i was out um before i was a professional photographer this is like late 2006 early 2007 and i was on this uh i was an assistant with dave Dave molnar was on the lead assistant i was the third assistant on this photo shoot with this really well-known photographer in nashville he was shooting all these album covers at the time He was this previously a graphic designer. So he had like the great eye for all of the photography stuff. And, and we were on location with all these lights and shooting these famous people. Like, I mean, Taylor Swift and uh, Kelly Clarkson. And I mean, all these really like amazing artists that we got to hang out with and do photo shoots of. And um, he was, we were out there and setting up these lights and I didn't know what I was doing. I was just kind of doing what I was told. And it was like an hour long process sometimes of just like tweaking and turning lights and gels and all this crazy stuff. And I really didn't know what was going on. And then as Jeremy, the photographer was shooting, sometimes I'd like look at the back of his camera or like a month later, you'd look on his Instagram or, or Facebook page or on his blog post. And you would see this photo that we were there for. And I was like, it looks amazing. It was so wow. amazing. But the problem was it took 20, 30, 40 minutes, sometimes an hour just to set up a shot. And I was like, well, I want to shoot weddings. I want to shoot what most people shoot. You know, most people are out there shooting album covers. And I was like, is there a way that I can do this in like 60 seconds? Is that possible? So I started working and developing this formula 
of on location shooting to where you could sort of do like a simplified version of what he was doing, but still create these beautiful dynamic portraits on location. And that's what I'm going to teach you guys today, how I did that. So, and, and I, I want to be living proof that this works guys for anybody that's already in the photo mentorship. You guys know me, you know, I'm not tech savvy. Like we have tech talk with Rich and Josh. That's not me. But if I can do this, you guys can do this. You know, like lighting to me was intimidating. Zach just showed you guys it can be complex, but it can also be very simple when you break it down and you understand mm -hmm. and, and lighting doesn't have to be tied to in studio. You know, like for me, I was shooting weddings and portraits with a lot of natural light, but it's, we're taking those principles and those, you know, those, you know, all those lights and actually bring them out in the field. And Zach makes it so easy that anybody can do it. If I can do it, you guys can do it. Trust me. This is going to be great. Yeah. And the, the beauty too today, before we jump in is technology has come so far from when I was doing the first time I did lighting on location. I literally had a generator and I started a generator to power <laughs> wow. my lights because they were made to be inside the studio. They were not made to go outside. And then these companies came out with these like battery inverters. So you had literally a car battery. It was 33 pounds, this giant battery, and you could plug your lights into that and run them. And then those things turned into <laughs> lithium and they got really small and you could plug in the lights to that. And then they started making location lights, which had lithium batteries built into them. And now today you can buy these tiny little lights with a ton of power, Everything's built in, the radio transmitters, the receivers to fire them off camera. The batteries are built in. They can shoot them off hundreds of times at full power and overpower the sun. And they're in these tiny little beautiful packages. And you can just like walk outside with very limited amount of equipment and shoot some fantastically cool stuff. So I'm going to show you guys some of that technology today, too. It's very, very simple once you understand it. Because remember, mm -hmm. this is the big thing to keep in mind, and then we'll dive right in, is... Photography is 100% science and it's 100% creative. It's both of those things. The science is the foundation, the see, shoot, edit, you know, like mentality. There's a scientific foundation here. And once you learn the foundation, then you can get creative and break the rules or make it your own or make it pretty and unique or shoot it from a different angle, all those kind of cool things. But today I'm going to teach you those foundational components that are going to hopefully demystify, take away the fear, take away the scariness of flash and allow you guys to be able to, to dive right in and to, and to start doing flash photography on your own. All right. Awesome. You ready? I love that. You want me to go and bring your screen up? Let's dive Let's into do it. it. So ask questions come in. If you guys have questions, shoot them our way. Um, and I will, we will answer them as we go. Josh will keep his eyes open for any questions you guys may have. Um, but, Today, we're going to talk about the three simple keys to location flash photography. And just as a reminder, you saw that video in the beginning. Um, on February 22nd, for TPM members and for people that follow the TPM page, we're going to be opening registration for the Photo Mentorship Pro, which is going to teach you how to make money in your photography business. It's really exciting and really cool. And if anybody's coming over from my Facebook page, um, you may be wondering, well, what about me? Don't worry. We're going to have an, uh, an option for you to get TPM Pro 2 if you're interested in it. And it has all this amazing stuff. It's got, got the paid to shoot system, which teaches you guys the, the first three foundational steps to getting paid to shoot. And then it has a ton of other amazing stuff in it. So we're really excited to talk more about it. We're going to have a big webinar on the 7th. Not on the 17th, we're going to have a big webinar on the 22nd or 23rd, but we're going to start promoting it on the 17th so you guys can sign up for that, learn a lot about how to get paid to shoot, and then have an opportunity if you want to come join 
the Photo Mentorship Pro, which is a monthly membership that you guys can be a part of coaching, courses, all this amazing stuff, this great community of photographers that are all getting paid to shoot. And uh, it's, it's really rad. All right. So this is a little bit about me. I've been on Creative Live. I've been in Rangefinder Magazine. I was a Westcott Top Pro for like eight or 10 years, which is an off-camera flash lighting company. I'm still a part of the Sandus Extreme team. And I've done all this cool stuff like SWPP in London. I've been to Moscow teaching flash photography. I've been in Rangefinder. I've been in uh, People Magazine, all this cool stuff. And a lot of that, not all of it, but a lot of that stuff had to do with my flash photography and the stuff that I'm going to teach you guys today. I also taught the in-camera workshops for about seven or eight years, which was a workshop designed to teach people flash photography and how to shoot amazing photos in your camera so you don't have to pull them into Photoshop and make them look amazing. In your camera, they look really, really fantastic. So I'm going to go full screen here. And you guys just let me know if there's any issues with, with the keynote. Let's see if I can do that again. If it, there we go. So this is what I'm so excited about, the power of light. This is kind of the pinnacle, I, I feel like, of some of my... Uh, my photography journey of being able to go on location for uh, a jujitsu apparel company shooting a celebrity like this. This is um, Tim Kennedy, who's an Army Ranger sniper, uh, Green Beret. He's been he has his own television shows. He's a jujitsu black belt. He was in the UFC, a top five middleweight for many many years, and he's this really cool personality. And I got the privilege to go on location and photograph him and a bunch of jujitsu guys, and. Uh, essentially like, uh, you know, take all of my flash knowledge, all the things that I've learned and create some fantastic portraiture for their company for marketing and for, for their website. And it was really, really amazing. And it, when you, sometimes when you see a photo like this, you think it was probably created in post-production. Maybe he was cut out from a studio shop, put in front of this striker vehicle. The smoke maybe was added later. It's, yeah, some people are, Dave Olson says, I think I can take him. His abs were like the size of my head. Um, anyway, all of this was shot in the camera. There's no Photoshop on this photo whatsoever. This is uh, polished in Lightroom, but this is essentially exactly how I took the photograph. Um, was just as you're seeing here. Flash on the front, overpowering the sun, doing some smoke effects, putting some light underneath it. And all of this comes from that foundational knowledge of understanding the math, the science, the, the stuff that you have to understand in order to do flash photography. And I, I want to bring this up to, to talk about the professional side of things for those of you that want to make money in photography. This is a wedding I shot for Vince Gill and Amy Grant's daughter, Jenny Gill. It's published in People Magazine back in 2010. And I actually booked this wedding because of my flash photography. The bride, Jenny, had grew up. Her dad had been in all these album covers and magazines her whole life. And she'd been on all these photo shoots for years. And she loved that stylistic look of photography, that kind of hyper real effect. And she said, I really like what you guys are doing because of that flash photography. That's what I want for my wedding. Can you do that? And it was an amazing privilege to realize that there was so much value. If you, when you come into TPM Pro, we talk about this a lot. We talk about being a coming a purple cow. How do you stand out in your photography? Well, you do that by doing unique and creative 
from the look of your images to the way you communicate and talk to people. But one of the ways you can do that is by something special and unique in your photography that no one else is doing or nobody else does quite like you do it. And flash photography can be one of those things. So let's dive in. I'm going to show you guys some before and afters um, of some, uh, you know, flash photography. And then we're going to get into the three steps of the system. And then I'm going to show you guys sort of like layering components of how to put all of that together. When he said, I've never had been good with science. Is that why flash seems so hard for me? Yes, but I'm going to give you the most simple formula. Literally just follow the steps at the end and you will get amazing flash shots. Guarantee it. Uh, Susan, you're such a sweetheart. She's saying TPM Pro is awesome. She's giving us some nice promotion there for us and she's a part of TPM. Um, okay. So I'm just going to walk you guys through some of these photos, explain them briefly, show you a bunch of eye candy stuff, and then we'll dive in. So this photo right here, this is this is a really cool on-location shot of a bunch of, uh, you know, the groom and his groomsmen at a wedding I shot maybe back in 2009. They walked outside and were smoking cigars, had a flash in my hand, and I bounced it off the ground and created this cool, smoky image. But it's because I had all that flash knowledge in my head. I just knew exactly how to do it. And Mary McGuire said, how do you use flash and eliminate shadows from the subject? Well, I'm going to show you all of that stuff. It's all about knowing the right place to put that light. So it's coming. Will there be a cheat sheet? Uh, there isn't a cheat sheet specifically for this uh, uh, podcast, but it doesn't mean we can't make one and give you guys that three-step formula. But if uh, this will be available for replay and I recommend taking notes and just write down the formula. It's gonna be pretty simple. So let's talk through some of these. I'm on location. This is a, a photo shoot I did for Westcott Lighting. And we went out to this uh, place called Nowhere Nevada out, outside of Vegas. And we found this really great car sitting in some shadow, but what's in the middle of the day, desert sun in the background. And it didn't look that great, but I love the way the car looked and I loved, you know, sort of the scene, but the lighting wasn't awesome. So all I did was I used that flash knowledge, I put the flash in the right place, powered it up so I could tame down the lighting in that background. And then I created this photograph out of it. Literally. 30 seconds for me to set up this shot and to photograph this image for, for Westcott. And they were able to put it in a video and use it for promotion about how cool their, their light modifiers are and how beautiful they look on, on their subjects. Same thing here. Here's actually uh, one of the resident uh, experts here, Rich Coleman, holding my flash for me. We're in New York City. We're doing some on-location lighting. We're in an alleyway with a brick wall that I thought looked really cool. But as you can see, the lighting wasn't great. It was soft, but she had the raccoon eyes. So we took our off-camera flash. We put it in the right position, used my formula, and we take a photograph and we get this outstanding professional-looking image for Again, this was also for Westcott Lighting. Um, Catalina said, flash is kind of complicated to me. I've been practicing with it 100%. I hear that. Okay, a couple more. Out on location in Colorado, shooting some um, fashion portraits on the side of a mountain. It's actually a video of me um, kind of breaking down this entire shoot on, on YouTube. Um, but as you can see, we have this cool location. You can see on the shot on the right, which is the natural light. The background is interesting. You can see the mountains back there, but when I expose for her face, you can see everything just gets hazy and blown out. doesn't look very good. So on the image on the right, you can see I set up my off-camera flash. I go through my lighting system and probably the first or second shot, this is what I get. All shot in the camera. This is not post-production, Photoshop on this. Just tweaked it in Lightroom, a little bit of skin retouching and bam, here we go. 
that's that's what the photo looks like. Same thing out in no, no, nowhere, Nevada. Um, really bad ambient light, but I set up my flash and I get this outstanding, beautiful light on my subject. A couple more, another nowhere, Nevada shot. These are good because I have a lot of behind the scenes of these. Um, there's the ambient light of what the shot looked like with no flash on it. And there's what I was able to do with the flash photography. You can do anything in between. You can go really pretty, you can go really um, balanced lighting, or you can go really dramatic. And that's kind of my style. And I'm gonna show you guys how to do all of that stuff. Uh, this is in Vegas again, um, just walking through an alley or uh, uh, like a, a look, like past this like bar that had this cool backlight and set up my flash and able to take just this really beautiful portrait. Um, somebody said, you underexpose on purpose and let the flash fill in the light where you need. Yes, we're going to talk about how to do that. All right, a couple more. This is another thing I love about flash is you can be shooting an actually stunning, beautiful light on location. This was a wedding I shot in 2011 in Jacksonville, Florida. And the ambient light was just gorgeous. You can see it just looks stunningly beautiful. But I also wanted something else because I knew they were going to make a wedding album. And I wanted to have this beautiful, pretty light. And then I wanted to have dramatic. Let's have a bit of both. Why not? So right after I took this shot, this is the same time of day, I went hyper dramatic and photographed this image with my flash. Natural light, flash. So cool. It's amazing what you can do with flash photography. All right, one more and then we're going to dive into the system. Shooting in actually really bad lighting, but a cool background. It's like this salt barn where they keep this salt when the roads get icy, metal roof. And this is the culmination of a lot of things. This photograph actually has four lights on it. The other ones all have basically one. This one's got a main light, a little background light to cut her out of the background. I'm going to overpower the sky by a ton. And then I've got two little feed lights in the background lighting up the ceiling of this metal roof. Anything reflective becomes your friend with flash photography. And I'm able to capture this photograph. Really cool. This is what I love, love, love about flash photography is the creative outlet sort of becomes endless. Um, Susan just said, Zach, do you want to come to Arizona this weekend and help us? Ha 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 ha. Yeah. And by the way, we're going to be doing a workshop in Nashville, Tennessee with TPM members. Um, I think in October, no, yes. I, Josh can speak to that um, somewhere around there. And I believe we're going to do a flash workshop. So you can do on location, hands-on with me. It's going to be fun. Okay. Are you guys ready to dive in? Carol said, amazing results. This is what I want to do. Yes. Kim says, yes. Sweet. Okay. So step number one, first thing we need to do, the first key is you need to find the right light. Notice I, I'm saying quality light in parentheses here. And so what do I mean? So the right light is very preferential. You can use powerful off-camera flashes, which I use the majority of the time, or you can use really small speed lights. And I'm gonna show you kind of an options for both. But this is very dependent on what you want to accomplish and kind of what you're willing and wanting to bring around with you. Now, the benefit is the technology's gotten so good, even the powerful off-camera flashes have gotten really tiny and small, four or five pounds in total weight with a little stand, little softbox on the front, you can do some outstanding stuff. There's also then, you know, the speed light variation, really, really small, weighs a half a pound. And you can put a little modifier on it. And for two or three pounds total, you can have a little off-camera flash. But each has a benefit and each has a cost associated with it, meaning something it can or cannot do, okay? So 
I say quality light, what do I mean? Well, I love soft, beautiful, painted on looking light. The only way to get that is with a large light source. The bigger, the better, right? The, the biggest thing I, I am willing to carry with me, um, depending on what I'm doing. If it's a wedding, it's gonna be smaller because I don't want very much gear. If it's a fashion shoot, I'm willing to be, bring a little bit bigger of a light. But the key here is quality. So I'm gonna show you what I personally use, but it's important to have uh, a good quality light and the whatever it's shooting through, the softbox, the modifier, something that makes that light larger because the larger the light source, the softer, more painted on the light's gonna look, the better. And that light needs to come out very evenly. And the lights that I'm gonna, or the flash modifiers I'm gonna show you do that really well. So first things first, I love showing new technology, Godox. This is kind of like really high quality, really nice stuff. Back in the day, like the flashes I still have are three, four, five thousand dollars for something that does exactly what this does for 900 bucks. And you can get cheaper versions of these. You can get ones that are three or 400 bucks with a little bit less power that can still do a lot of outstanding stuff. But this is kind of the best Godox one that they have. And for basically less than a thousand dollars, you can have an outstanding flash. You can also, like I said, spend three or 400 bucks. Somebody just said, Corey just said, I have this light. So what this is, this is a very powerful 600 watt second flash, which is very powerful. Can do everything you've seen in my portfolio. 99% of it, this can do, okay? What's really amazing about this flash is the flash not only has that powerful flash, but it also has the battery, the lithium batteries built into it. And you can buy an extra one if you want more flashes, you know, to, to, to be able to be used. And it has a radio transmitter built in. All three of those things are in one little unit. And this thing weighs like five pounds. And then right next to it, you see that Godox little flash trigger that goes on your camera. I'll grab, my can I'll grab my camera here. You slide that little trigger onto the top of your camera and you can control your flash. And every time you take a picture, the flash wirelessly goes off and you're ready to rock. All you need is a light stand and a flash modifier. So you can actually flash this all by itself with nothing on the front of it, but the light will be very small, harsh, really contrasty shadows on the face and stuff like that, which some people love that look and that's totally fine. But what I do is I put a flash modifier on the front. I use the Westcott Rapid Box. 36 inches around that size creates most of the looks that you've seen in my photos. Remember the bigger the light, the more painted on head to toe it's gonna look. The smaller the light, the more harsh and contrasty it's gonna look, okay? But that's what I use. I use the Westcott 36 inch Rapid Box. The reason I use these is because when you take that little diffuser off the front, you just pop a little piece in the center and the whole thing collapses. And then you can pop it back open and it's ready to be used. That's why they call it the rapid box because it's fast. So on location, if you need to move it around or collapse it, you can just break it down really, really quick. Really, really cool. Um, Susan said, I have a Nikon Speedlight SP700. Is this something I can pair with the Godox flashes? Would it be compatible for this? That's a great question. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you can wirelessly trigger those uh, together. I, I don't know about that. But you can definitely, if you have a Godox flash and a Godox um, AD600, you can use those together for sure. But I'm not sure about the compatibility of the radio transmitters between those two different kinds of flashes, unlikely would be my guess. This is the kind of quality light that that flash with that size soft box 
produces. That's exactly what it looks like. Look at how that light just looks like. Her face is kind of painted with light. Just looks outstanding. That's a 36 inch softbox at about four feet away, straight on just slightly overhead. And it looks amazing. I mean, it just, that's in New York city, just walking past a, a grate on a wall. And we just put her up against the wall and bink. And it, it just, and look at the catch light in her eyes. Look at how gorgeous the light in her eyes looks. Looks really, really beautiful. I can even make this probably a little bit, yeah, a little bit bigger. Okay, so that's option number one, right? Big, powerful light, big, powerful light modifier that puts out really quality, uh, beautiful light, okay? Number two is getting down to a little speed light, okay? Most of us have a speed light. A lot of people have one, which is just the one that goes on your camera that you can tilt and move around. And I like to take that same little light and put a modifier on it. Now, if you get a Godox one, which they're like 99 bucks or 80 bucks, 60 bucks sometimes for a little Godox flash, it also has that same wireless transmitter built in. And if you have that, or sorry, wireless receiver, and if you have that same little transmitter from earlier, this one, you can also control that speed light. And you can put it through a little softbox. This is a little mount where the speed light goes in the back. And now this is like a 20 inch uh, Octobank. It's about this, uh, about that big. And the light that comes out of this thing kind of blows my mind. It looks spectacular. Now, the limitation is that you don't have very much power, okay? You only have about 80 or 90 watt seconds of power compared to 600 watt seconds of power with the other one. Now you need four or five or 600 watt seconds of power to overpower the sun. So if you're not shooting at high noon, if you're shooting in the evening, early morning, in the shade, uh, indoors, a speed light, is spectacular. It can do a ton of stuff. If you're in direct sun, that's when you're going to really struggle to, to have it overpower any, any direct sun. So that's the limitation of it. It's light. It's easy to move around. doesn't have a lot of power. So it's a little less versatile as far as creating those dramatic looks that we're going to talk about how to do coming up. Okay. But check this out. Here's a speed light at a wedding that I actually photographed. There, uh, there's a speed light pointing through the rapid box on a little stand and I'm using it to shoot some detail shots and look at the gore, how gorgeous the light that comes out of this thing is. Spectacular. Uh, Kim just said, I'm frantically writing notes. Somebody else said I have two Godox TD600s. Perfect. Does the box come with the brackets to connect it to your stand? So that's a specific thing from Westcott, uh, Sheila. If you buy that from Westcott Lighting, you can buy a, uh, a speed light rapid box and typically it comes in a kit with that little stand. So yes, it typically comes together. So yes, 100%. Um, please post the links for the equipment needed. So yeah, we can definitely find some of those for you guys. Um, but if you go to B&H Photo Video and put in Rapid Box Speed Light, it'll pop right up. And they're universal. So you can put any speed light on because all the mounts are exactly the same and just point it right through the back and you're ready to rock. It's really that simple. You just need a little stand. And here's another example of how great this looks. So I was photographing a wedding back in maybe 2012 or 13. And the bride and groom were having their first uh, dance as a couple on this stage they had built uh, out at this location they were having the wedding at. And the wedding, as they always do, ran, ran late. Me thinking ahead of time, because it was supposed to be right at sunset. So it was going to be beautiful, natural light. Didn't need any flash. It's going to look spectacular. But sure enough, the wedding runs like 25 minutes late. They start their first dance and it's dusk and the video guy, there's a video guy with a little orange light on his camera is shooting that orange light up their nose. And this is how the ambient light photos looked and it was terrible. And I was like, 
But good thing I set up my flashes ahead of time. So I had my rapid box with my little speed light because it was going to be late in the day and the speed light can handle late day lighting. So I overpowered his light and I overpowered the sky a little bit. And then I put two more little speed lights in the background for added effect because it was really dark out and I wanted a little pop. And I set up these three lights just like this. Main light on the front, which I'm going to show you how to do that. Two little kicker lights, they're called the background or separation lights. And then I was able to photograph this, which they put in their wedding album. And it looks amazing. Look at how beautiful light on the front is. We got these, this cool light in the background and sort of that like, you know, beautiful milky uh, sky as the sun is setting in the background. Fantastic. Just looks amazing. Here's another example of that. Um, indoors with some ambient light coming through some windows at an old library in Boston. And I loved the location, but the light was flat. It was all coming in from one side. So I put a speed light on the left-hand side of the frame, shooting down the hallway, put the couple there down in the frame and photograph that. The before, the after. Just using that little rapid box and look at how spectacular it looks. It's the most amazing little light. I love this thing so much. Okay. That's key number one. Find out which light is best for you. Do you want big, powerful, or do you want small, easy to manage, uh, but li limited in what, you know, power, okay? You got to make that decision. Which one do you want? Now, I know some of you flash experts will say, well, what about high-speed sync? What about fast shutter speeds? All this stuff. That's another conversation. We want to keep things real simple today. Just keep in mind the simplest way to do it is powerful light overpowers the sun and every kind of light, low-powered light, can overpower shade, evening, indoor lighting, okay? Um, how does that affect the video, somebody asked. It, you know, in the video, they're gonna see my little flashes going off from time to time, but it looks like paparazzi, so it's great. You know, it's like pew, 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 the flashes going off from time to time and, and it looks cool in the video. Okay, so key number two, the ratio of light. What is that? What, do I, what am I talking about here? So the second thing you need to be able to do is to decide, and this is of course a preference because I'm gonna show you a secret to get the ratio. The ratio is simply this. If you look at the video and Josh, if you want, just put me full screen uh, for a second if you're still around, which I'm assuming you are. So if you look at me full screen right now, I actually have a light on me, right? There's a light bouncing off my wall, hitting my face. And it's actually in what's called loop lighting, which means um, the light under my nose is looping off to the side. Okay, that's called loop lighting. If, it, if I turn it just enough, it's actually called 45 degree or Rembrandt lighting where the shadow connects over on this side. If I turn my face this way, it's called glamour lighting because the light's coming straight on and putting a, this little shadow under my nose. Those are some lighting styles. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But if you notice, the light on my face is a little bit brighter than the light in the background. The light is bouncing off my wall, hitting my face, and then it's getting darker as it travels backwards, and it's a slightly darker in the background. That's the ratio of light. How much light is on my subject, whatever my subject is, and this can be for landscape photography, pet photography, or people photography. How much light is hitting my face versus how much existing light is there? How much light from my flash versus the ambient or existing light or alternate lights that I may even be using? That is the ratio of light. And depending on what ratio of light you like, it will give you different effects. And I'm going to show you a shortcut to get to the ratio with your flash in an instant. Okay, you can go back to the, the keynote there, Josh. So let me give you some examples, okay? This is called fill light. 
which means there was already some nice, soft, beautiful light on my subject, but I wanted to fill in all those shadows underneath. So I'm actually using a flash here and it's just a little extra light. It's not overpowering my subject. Most of the light's not coming from my flash. Most of the light is from ambient light and a little bit of the light filling in the shadows is coming from the flash. And this is the effect that it gives. Soft, pretty, natural, organic, beautiful. And a lot of photographers, this is kind of the light and airy effect, right? A lot of photographers love this look. And if this is the, 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 the look that you love, then you gotta keep in mind, I like fill light, okay? I'm gonna show you how to get to that in the flash system when I, when I show it to you. But that's the, the look that you may like. This, however, is called a three to one lighting ratio. And all of a sudden it's Zach, I told you I didn't like math. I told you I don't want, I don't want to learn that kind of crazy stuff. What are you talking about? Don't worry about it. It's kind of super tech nerdy. But essentially what it means is, okay, I'll explain it and then we'll, we'll do the simple version of it. Three to one lighting means this. Before I turn my flash on, there's one part light. If I turn my flash up twice as bright, two gets added to one, which is three to one. It really is two to one lighting, but that's the scientific explanation. If you get really deep into some technical nerdy blogs, three to one lighting, all it really means is this, the flash that's hitting my subject is a little bit brighter than whatever's in the background. And when you do that, the background looks per really nicely exposed. And this is actually a style I love. So this is called three to one lighting. And I love this style of lighting. I really, really love this. Okay. So some people love fill light. Some people love three to one lighting or the flash is a little bit brighter than whatever's in the background. The flash hitting your subject's face or your subject is a little bit brighter than the background. That's simple. Okay. Then you can start going hyper dramatic like this. So this is what you see in like a lot of album covers and like artsy fartsy photographers doing. So this was actually at a lighting workshop. Um, this is my old nanny. Um, I actually photographed her wedding as well. And you'll see some pictures of her later. Um, but the sun is setting, it's getting dark and moody and we pump the flash up, not just a little bit brighter than the background, but like two or three times brighter than the background. So the background gets really dark and moody. All the shadows get really aggressive and she really pops out of the frame and everything becomes about her and very little of it is about the background. This is called five to one or even nine to one lighting. It gets kind of techy. It doesn't matter because I'm going to show you guys the shortcut. So that doesn't matter. I'm going to show you how to do fill, three to one and five to one in the click of a button. Okay, it's going to be rad. So you just have to make the decision or maybe you like all of them. Okay, maybe you want to do all of that stuff. I do all of it. You know, I do fill light. I do three to one. I do five to one. Just depends on the look that you like, but I'm going to show you how to get to that look. Okay. All right, key number three, baby, the right system. How do we get to the right system? The system is what's gonna get us there now that we kind of understand some of the rules, okay? So the first thing we need to think about when we're thinking about our flash is what's the right height here? I can even do this. So I got my little camera, my camera's on with my light, right? If you can put me full screen again, um, that would be killer. So these are the things you have to start thinking about. Like as my, and I can even check this out. Let's do it like this. Get out of here. Okay, watch this. Okay. Now this is a really tiny light, so it's not great, right? It doesn't look good, but it's, it's for demonstration purposes. 
we need to start deciding where is the light going to go in order to give us the desired effect, right? How high should it be? What direction should it be in? Um, should it be really high? Should it be down low? Should it be straight on? Should it be over to the side? These are all the things we have to figure out. And I follow a very simple formula that gets me the look that I want. And then I, of course, do a lot of different looks, but I'm going to show you guys my favorite look and you guys can start using that one. And then later, as you start utilizing and leveraging that one place to put the light for the height and for the direction, then we can start experimenting and learning more what's called lighting styles, okay? There's classic portraiture lighting styles. There's 45 degree lighting where the light is off to 45 degrees. There's glamor lighting where the light is straight on, okay? My hat is kind of killing the effect. What, glamor lighting, there's loop lighting where the shadow on my nose loops off to one side like I talked about. There's something called short lighting where if I turn my face, there's the short side of my face and the long side of my face from the camera's perspective. And I can light the short side. Therefore, I have what's called short lighting. There's all these cool things, okay? But we need to know where to put that light in order to get the right effect, okay? Turn all my lights back on here so you can see me a little bit better. And if you ever come to a workshop with me, we get deep into this stuff, like exactly where to put that light and all the different cool effects that you can do. But let's look at the first thing, the height and the direction of the light. That's all we need to really know. How high should it be? And what direction should it be pointing at my subject? And we think direction with people, we think their face. What direction towards their face is it pointing, okay? So when it comes to height, we have to realize there's kind of a natural effect of lighting, right? The sun has this natural effect of sort of 45 degrees, where most of the time window light, sunlight, our eyes are kind of used to this light coming in at a 45 degree angle. So typically what we want is to put the, the light, the center of the light source, this is very simple. If you're taking notes, write this down. The center of your light source, wherever the middle of the light is, a little bit above the, the center of the eyes. So this, if you have a giant softbox, that means the center of it is slightly above the center of the eyes. And what that does is it puts the catch light above the pupil. And when it's above the pupil, it looks phenomenal. So check this out, here's an example, okay? Here's a bride walking down the stairs. This is actually window light off to the camera left. But you can see the light is cascading down at this 45 degree angle and it's hitting her like in the knees. Look at her face, doesn't look good, okay? But once her face hits the center of that light source or slightly below, so she, the center of the light source is a little bit above the center of the eyes, watch the effect, boom. Looks phenomenal, looks just gorgeous, okay? Same thing here. Center of light source, is slightly above the center of the eyes. We got this beautiful catch light in her eyes. This is basically just a big window, okay? Window is, the center of that window is slightly above the center of her eyes and the light comes in, this cascading effect looks stunning, okay? So here's what you need to know. The center of the light source, whatever you're using for your light source should be slightly above the center of the eyes. That's like a fundamental rule, okay? You can break this rule for sure, but that's the fundamental rule. Number two, is what direction should it be in? So let's just talk about one light direction that works for everybody. And it's called short lighting, okay? So in this picture you're looking at, the light is on the right-hand side of the frame. All we do is turn their body away from it a little bit and turn their face back, back towards it a little bit. That's called short lighting. So you notice 
the short side of her face, the fate part of her face you see the least of has all the light on it. And a little bit of the light is on the broad side of her face. And what this does is it slims down the face. It slims down the body. Everything that goes in shadow, which is her stomach and her, her legs and her hips and all those things are in slight shadow. So it shrinks, shrinks people down. It makes them look really beautiful and stunning. And if they don't have the best skin, we're only lighting a smaller portion of their skin. So there's less retouching, less things to do to make it look really phenomenal. Uh, somebody said I was a TPM Pro member. I had to get more, but I had to cancel. I had to get more comfortable with manual photography. Um, but I'm considering a TPM membership and wondering if there are courses geared towards food and product. Yes, there's all that stuff. We can answer that question in more detail, but yes, there's all that stuff in there. So height of the light, center of the light source above the center of the eye. How do we light it? Okay, go full screen one more time for me, Rich. Check it out. I'm going to do it on myself. Or Josh, I called you Rich. Okay. My light is right over here, right? The, I just turned this main light off so it was, or this fill light so it was easier to see. So I turned my body away from that light source and I turned my face back into it, short lighting. The broad side of my face is in shadow. The short side of my face is lit. Looks amazing on everybody, okay? It's literally that simple. Last thing. So we've got height. We've got direction, okay? Last thing is distance, how far away. I use a simple rule, about four to six feet. Now, you can break that rule and there's, there's no right or wrong here. You can put it way further away or way closer. But when it's about four to six feet away, there's this really cool thing called the inverse square law, which is really techy. But what it means is when light hits you from a certain distance, how long does it take to get dark? And at about four to six feet away with a nice soft light source, this, this is the effect. That if you go back to the image on the screen, Josh, this is the effect that you get, is you get this effect of highlight and shadow, but not too dark of a shadow and not too light of a shadow to where it just looks beautiful. It looks like nice contrast, okay? People are like, should I turn up the contrast in post-production? Well, contrast is created by light. We can enhance it in post-production, but we can't create it, okay? It's done in the camera, okay? So that's it. Center of the light source, slightly above the center of the eyes, short lighting, Okay, and then about four to six feet away, boom, you're ready to rock. Okay, so how do we do it? How do we get there? How in the world are we going to do this? Well, there's a magic trick, okay? There's a secret that about 80 to 90% of the time will get us to these ratios and using all these tricks every single time using flash. Because here's the problem, right? You go outside or if I was taking a photo right here and I turned off these lights in front of me, and I wanted to have the right amount of light hitting my face versus the light in the background, and I turn my flash on, how do I get to those ratios? How do I figure out how much flash is coming out? How do I know how much ambient light there is? How do I know the difference? How do I know what the settings are supposed to be? It's like, it, it gets really confusing, right? This is the hard part. Well, guess what? Your meter knows all of those things. So I use one more tool called a light meter. Now, there's ways to do this without it. And if you ever come to a workshop that I teach, I'll teach you how to do it without the light meter. But you can buy a light meter like this used on eBay for like 50 bucks, right? It costs nothing. But Seikonic light meters, a lot of other ones, but Seikonic specifically, these are the ones I use and I know these ones really well. They have this really cool thing built in. So what, let me explain, what is this exactly if you don't know what a light meter is? A light meter 
is an incident light meter. So you, you, all of you guys have cameras, I'm assuming, and your camera has a meter. It's, it's measuring light all the time. But what's it doing? It's measuring light bouncing off of something. It's called a reflective light meter. That means when you point it at something, it's looking at light bouncing off a white wall or a dark wall or a bride's face or you know, somebody's beach portrait with the sun in the background. And it's trying to guess how bright that light is based on how much is reflecting. And it usually gets it sort of wrong, right? Because light bounces off white a lot more than it does off of black, right? What a incident light meter like this does is the opposite. It measures actual light. So you press a button on the side and light hits it and it measures that actual light and it tells you exactly how bright it is every time. Now, the cool thing about a Seikonic light meter is that it also measures flash and ambient light at the exact same time. So I'd been doing this for like a year. I'd been using a light meter and doing ratios math in my head, meaning I would measure the ambient light and say it was ISO 100, one one hundredth of a second at F4. Okay, now if I wanna have a three to one lighting ratio where my flash is a little bit brighter than my background, I need the flash to come out at F5.6. So now I'm turning up my flash until the flash reads 5.6. Woof, that gets a little complicated. There's a way easier way to do it. All I have to do is take out my flash meter, set up my flash exactly like we talked about. And I'll show you the whole formula here in a second. You guys can take screenshots. You guys can take pictures of it, whatever you want to do. Write the whole formula down. Totally cool. Every time I was taking these meter readings, I was realizing there was this little thing that kept popping up that I couldn't see anywhere else and wasn't even in the manual. And it was called this percentage, light flash percentage. And you notice if you look really close there, I got an arrow pointing to it that says 70%. I was always like, what is this? But I noticed every time I got to a three to one lighting ratio, it said 60% on it. And I was like, hmm, wait a minute. And then I finally realized, and then the new light meters came out, they finally had it in the manual. What it does is this, you set up the flash exactly where it should be, just according to the formula I said, light above the center of the eyes, you know, uh, short lighting pattern, which is great. And then four to six feet away from your subject, turn on your flash, put your meter to specific settings and I'm gonna tell you what they are. Press the button, the flash goes off. And what, what was happening was the flash goes off, the flash is coming to the light meter at the speed of light. Right before it hits it, the meter reads the ambient light and it knows scientifically how bright it is. Then the flash hits it and it instantaneously tells you the exact difference or the ratio between the light. And when it says 60% on that flash meter, it's saying there's 60% flash, 40% ambient. Every 10% is twice as much light. So 50% would be exactly the same, 50% flash, 50% ambient. When it says 60%, it means the flash is one stop or twice as bright as the ambient light. If it says 70%, it's three times as bright. If it says 80%, it's four times as bright, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Until it's all flash. If it says 100%, it's all flash, no ambient light. If it says 40%, that means it's mostly ambient light and a little bit of flash or fill light. If it says 60%, it's three to one, that look I showed you. If it says 70%, it's five to one. It's that really artsy, aggressive, dark background look. It's literally that easy. 
So check it out. Here we go. Here's what we do. This is the formula right here. Take a picture, write it down. You pick the lighting pattern, okay? We talked about short lighting as the first one to use, right? We're just gonna light the short side of the face, turn the body away from the light, face to the light. That simple. Don't be too aggressive. It doesn't need to be way off to the side, just simple. Put the flash up in height, the center of the light source, a little bit above the center of the eyes. Just point it straight ahead like this. The flash softbox and just be pointing straight, okay? Then the light goes right in their eyes. Put it about four to six feet away. So you set up your strobe and then here's what you do. On your meter, your meter is the same thing as your camera. It's got ISO, shutter speed, and aperture. Just like your camera, exact same thing. And all you do is you set the ISO to 100, you set the flash uh, shutter speed to 100, both of them the same. Now there's more technical stuff we could dive into, but we're not gonna get into all of it. Just follow the formula for now. 100 to 100. And then there'll be no aperture reading because the aperture will come when the flash goes off. It'll tell you what the aperture should be for those other two settings, ISO and shutter speed. And we just take a meter reading. A lot of these flashes, you can just press the button, the flash goes off. And some of them, you press the button and it's waiting for the flash to hit it. So we put the flash right on the chin of our subject if we're shooting people and we let the flash hit it, bing. And that little dome right there is reading the light, that little white dome on the front. The flash hits it. A percentage is going to come out. It might say 30%. And if you want fill light, remember, you want 40% for fill light. So you turn your flash up. Take another reading. Bing. Now it says 40%. And you go, that's what I want. I want fill light. Now you just look at your meter. And if it says ISO 100, 1 100th of a second at F4, you put that in your camera. And you pull back and you just take a picture. And it works about 90% of the time. There's some times when the meter can get fooled because of maybe your subject in the shade and what you're trying to do is you know, tone down the background that's out in broad daylight. But with few exceptions, this works almost every single time. The dome be up or down, always out. It's only in if you're, if you're metering something flat, like a two-dimensional object, like a piece of paper, always out. So that's it. Set up the flash, take a meter reading, Turn flash up or down until desired percentage is reached. 40%, 60%, 70%, 80%. Take a picture. It's literally that simple. Now, the cool thing is the reason your shutter speed's at 100 is because you can turn the shutter speed up or down and then adjust the background on the fly. Now, if this is too much, ignore this part, okay? Let's go back to the other. Just think about the other part and don't worry about this. But... You can slow your shutter speed down pretty slow when you're doing flash because flash freezes your subject really well. But at a hundredth of a second, notice that shot in the middle, that's where I started. And then I went, oh, what it would look like if I went to two hundredth of a second. Notice how it darkens the shadows in the background. Oh, what if I slow it down to sixtieth of a second? It lets more light into my camera, ambient light, and it fills in those shadows. Very cool. You can just adjust down to 50, sixtieth of a second or up to 200 and instantly adjust the background. The flash will look exactly the same every time. Really cool. All right, check this out. I think I have a little video here, and then we're going to show a few before and afters, then we'll be done, and we'll answer any questions you guys have. All right, so check this out. We'll go through this little slide one more time, and then check out this video. Hopefully, it'll play here. All right, so this is a video of me on location doing what I'm telling you guys, specifically what I'm telling you. Okay, so I set up my flash about four to six feet away. 
I move it off to one side, about 30 degrees to one side, because I want it to hit both of their faces because it's a couple, which is similar to the lighting I explained to you earlier. I turned the flash up until it said 60%. That's all I did. I just kept metering it until the meter said 60%. I put those settings into my camera, pulled back, and I took that photo. I framed it with some of the leaves so it looks really cool. Oops, hang tight. And that's it. It's literally that simple. That's how I take flash shots about 90% of the time. Boom. I love it. It's so same thing here. This is that photo from earlier. This one, I knew I wanted to get a little aggressive because the light in the background was really bright. So I went to 90%. 90%. This is the ambient light when I took a picture without the flash on, but I, the, the meter already told me the right settings. I put the settings in my camera, turned on, had my flash on for this shot, and there it looks. Same thing here. This one I did at 70% because I wanted a little bit more aggressive shadows. And then I put a light in the background. You can see my other assistant, they're holding that light in the background, a little amber uh, gel on the front to turn it orangish kind of a color, like an amber color. And I just had them shoot it down the stairway. And it creates this, oh, there's the ambient light. And there, isn't that look great? I'm just kidding. So there's the ambient light. And here's what it looks like when the flashes are on it. One little flash off, That's notice it's short lighting again. Her body's away from the light, face towards the light. And then that cascading light down the back. Boom. Super simple. Here's Stephanie at her actual wedding. There's Rich holding the flash for me. Notice the light is slightly above the center of the eyes. It's off in that short lighting position. Her body's away from the light, her face is towards the light. And then I turned up my flash until it overpowered the sun by one stop or three to one lighting and photographed that picture. Notice the light on her face is beautiful, beautiful pattern, beautiful light in the eyes, beautiful light body. Looks like it's painted on her. Fantastic. Couple more before and afters. Ambient light on the left. 70% ratio on the right because it's a little more dramatic. Sometimes I'm in a dramatic mood, so I go to 70% and boom. I get this cool looking shadows that are a little more moody and this beautiful, notice it gets a short lighting pattern on the face. And that's the effect that you can do. This is a 70% ratio, a little more dramatic. 80% ratio, really dramatic. 70% ratio again right here. The meter said 70% on this one. This one, the meter said 70%. It's a little more dramatic. Notice I go dramatic a lot. This one was 80% with some lights in the background. This next one was 60%. So this is that same photo shoot um, down in New York City. That one was at... 60% because you can see the background's nice and bright and my subject isn't too moody and dark. This is at 70% for wedding photography. This one's at 80%. Notice it's real dramatic and the sky's real dark. This one's at 70%. Couple more. 70%. I love the dramatic stuff. Notice lights off to the left, shadows on the right. Boom, pull back, ready to rock and roll. This one's at 60%, so a nice bright sky, nice three to one lighting ratio. It looks a little bit more organic, but kind of hyper real. This one's at 70%, and that's how it's done. It's literally that simple. So questions, 
Do we have any questions from the audience, Mr. Josh? Man, I was uh, taking all that in again, Zach. Great, great lesson. Everybody's loving the formula. They're loving seeing kind of how you do it. And I, I think what a lot of us have seen here is that, you know, lighting can be complex. It can be. Mm. But when you have the right mentor, when you have the right teacher that breaks it down to kind of these simple nuggets or these simple basic truths, we can start to understand the, the, the elementary concepts and then build off of that. You know, so I kind of love what you've done today, just giving us yeah. some of those those base concepts to then start building off of. Um, you know, Chris Ellison in chat said a minute ago, guys, don't get frustrated or discouraged. This is not something you learn in one day, but it is something you can learn and master with the right mentor. And that's that's something that we, yep. we do here at the Photo Mentorship. Um, yep. You know, we have, um, you know, we have two two different, uh, with the Photo Mentorship, we actually have a couple different access levels. One is where we teach you how to use your camera. If 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 you're still trying to learn how to, you know, focus and, and work in manual mode, we've got courses and training for that. But for those that are ready to go pro that want to start earning money from a business, we've got courses and training for those people as well. So no matter no, no matter where you guys are, what you're dealing with, we've got the mentors to kind of break down what you need so that you can keep progressing on your journey, on your journey there. Um, you know, a lot of people are asking for, for, for more info on different kits, um, different um, guides. And so I, what I want to let you guys know, you know, instead of going, we don't have time. It's almost uh, one o'clock here, so we won't have time to hit all these questions. But I do want to let you guys know, for all of our TPMers, everybody who's in the photo mentorship, we're actually going to be doing some light training with Zach over continued over the rest of the year. Zach's going to be coming on live in TPM. We're going to continue to dive into lighting. We're going to continue to talk about it. And we also right now we're in the process of creating a bunch of guides and PDFs for you guys that you can download. Um, we're going to have some lighting guides on lighting kits, like on different breakpoints, and on if you want to go with just speed lights or strobes and what your price breakdown is. We'll have some some guides for you guys there, and then we'll also have uh, some cheat sheet guides. You know, all, all the the formula, everything Zach went over today. We'll have in PDF form for you guys. That way you can download it, have it straight to your phone. All that's all that's coming for TPM members this year. So those are things we're working on now. Super excited to get that stuff to you guys. Um, go ahead, Zach. I don't know if we wanted to like in like two minutes answer two or three of these questions because there was a couple of good questions. Are we out of time? Yeah, no, no. Yeah. If you guys have a minute, we do have we do have a winner. We're going to announce the winner in just a minute. But let's Ooh, go yeah, let's... some of those questions real quick. So Aylin Cruz said, so the 40% is for fill light. What percentage for the three to one lighting and five to one? So 40%, 60%, and 70% will do just about everything you saw me do. So 40% is fill, 60% is three to one, 70% is five to one lighting. So just think, not dramatic, a little bit dramatic, really dramatic. 40, mm -hmm. 60, 70, never 50, 50. That never looked good. Um, then another quick question was from Yvonne. She said, how does the light meter and the camera play into using the flash? Do we still make sure it's close? The light meter in your camera is going to have nothing to do with anything anymore. Don't worry about it. You're using a much better meter that's actually completely accurate, the light meter, uh, the incident light meter. So it doesn't matter if you point your camera at the subject. It may say like you're a little bit underexposed if you're at 60%, but don't worry about that meter anymore. Just set the set your camera to whatever the meter says and you're going to be good to go. Um, I think there was one other good question that stuff is popping in so fast. 
Um, if you see anything else, let me know. I can answer it really quick, but. Uh, yeah. I know uh, one of the students was also asking about um, food and product photography. And if um, yes, we actually, we actually did bring on a mentor, Amber Kelly, um, that it does food and product photography. And she's actually going to be doing some lives with TPM over the course of the year. We've got plans to make uh, courses with her as well. So that's coming to TPM and TPM Pro um, just to get stuff on y'all's radar. And somebody was also asking, how do they sign up for TPM Pro? Now, TPM, we've like I said, we, we train in how to master your camera. And then we also train in, um, you know, the, the business side. And if you guys just need to learn how to use your camera, if you're just starting out, you can sign up for TPM anytime. But if you specifically want to start earning money, if you want to start a business, if you want to start booking clients and earning money, we only open up registration for TPM Pro twice a year. And so that is actually, we're going to get more info to you guys on that. Um, I think registration is opening up next Tuesday, the 22nd. So it's only going to be opening up twice a year. And that's going to be happening next Tuesday. So if you're at all thinking you want to start learning or going pro, then uh, we open that registration up twice a year. It's going to be coming Tuesday. Um, yes. So there's there's that. Super, super pumped about that. More info coming on Tuesday with that. Heck yeah. Um, cool. So let's go ahead and announce oh, our winner. Else, mm -hmm. Let's announce the winner, but somebody else asked what meter I, I was showing. Uh, I yeah. put up that meter specifically because it's an old one. They don't make that one anymore. It's called the Seconic L358. Uh, but you can get them like used for peanuts and they're fantastic meters. The newer okay. one is a digital version of that. And it's like 300 bucks. So it's a little bit, or 250 bucks. It's a little more expensive, um, which is fine. If you know you want to do flash, you know, get the digital one. But that one is just really cheap. So you can get that L358 for really cheap. And it does the percentage as well. Okay. Okay. So awesome. let's 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 give away this speed light. Yes. All right. So thank you guys for coming out, and we do have our winner. Today's winner is going to be Don Latour. Congrats, Don. Yeah. We'll, oh we'll be God. getting in touch with you to get a speed light. And Don, I want to see what you do with that speed light. So I, I want to know once we get it to you, take some pictures with what you learned today, and and let's see it. Um, yeah. So thank you guys. Yeah. Um. Actually, Zach, let me see if I can share real quick. While, yeah. while you were talking, I actually went back and pulled Yeah, up. dude. So this was, this was me. After I learned lighting from Zach Gray, this was me. Stone I went out muffin. and did this. So just, just so you guys know, like Zach knows lighting way, way better than I do. But even with him breaking it down, when you have the right mentor teaching you how to do stuff, you guys can do shots like this. And then here was, Love it. I, think, I think I had a second one too. Right there. Yeah. So this was these that. were just shots I was proud of. I took for my clients, and this is just what I learned from Zach. So if so I can do it, you cool. guys can do it too. I love, love it. it. I absolutely love it. This is great. Yeah, lots more to learn. There's a ton more to learn about flash, but we're gonna start at the very basic, simple level. Where to put mm -hmm. that flash, how to get to the ratio. That simple. Like start there. And you can get out and, and shoot some cool flash shots in pretty short order. Um, now to dial them in, to get them really like slick and phenomenal, that does take time. Um, but yeah. don't worry about that. The goal in the beginning is to get out with a friend, get out with another photographer. Uh, I used to do a lot of meetup, shoot up kind of stuff. And we would just go out and get a friend to come out that we could take pictures of and just practice a little bit, like practice, practice, practice. And I used to always try to find an evenly lit background instead of like crazy dramatic light in the background because it was easier and just mm -hmm. practice some flash shots for the afternoon. And the first time I did it on location for a client at a wedding, I did one flash setup, that was it. 
and I had it set up yeah. like before the wedding even started, I brought them over, did a couple of shots and I just put it away and then just did natural light the rest of the, the rest of the time. And then as I yeah. got more comfortable, I was able to do it all the time. So I just recommend like baby steps, right? One little thing at baby a time. Steps. Yep. Yeah. One thing at a time. So yeah. remember guys, we're going to be diving into more on lighting and about lighting and TPM. And if you're interested in going pro stay tuned, we'll be getting more info for you guys next Tuesday, next Tuesday, registration opens. All right. I'm going to end out with this trailer. Please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. So you never miss out on news and events. Give us a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about us. It helps us get the word out so we can help more people reach their photography goals.